This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 9, Breaking News. Is it time to retire your 401k? Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious. Be stable. Be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everybody. We're so excited to have you with us today. We've got some important and, and I think, very timely information to share with you. Uh, And there's a lot of ground to cover. So we're going to dive right on into this. Uh, We just learned about Bank on Yourself in the last few episodes, a, 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 um, a new form for many people. It's a new form of saving and preparing for your financial future. But for most Americans, Bank on Yourself is not the main place people are saving for retirement. Now, just FYI, you can go back to previous episodes to hear more, but it used to be. That used to be a major place people saved. But what is the main place people are saving if it's no longer something like a high cash value, dividend-paying whole life insurance? Well, we're looking at the 401k. That's become the main place people are saving uh, today. Right, Holly? Yes, absolutely. And so it actually was, just to let you guys, our listeners know, it was our plan and our intention to actually continue our conversation about uh, Bank on Yourself here today and start to share uh, more about our stories with money and how we came to learn about and and kind of grasp the Bank on Yourself concept and kind of uh, dispel our own biases and disbelief um, in order to embrace it and, and see it for what it truly is. But we've actually decided to put that on pause. Uh, because it, I don't know if you guys remember, but in our episode with Pamela, just our last one previous to this, uh, we'd shared, it was kind of a smaller point, but we'd shared some new news um, regarding the 401k and a comment that Ted Benna had made, who's kind of formally considered to be the father of the 401k. Um, and so, you know, we, we'd heard that new release from Ted Benna, and, and so we processed it a little bit in our last episode. But then even after that, we felt like more and more news kept coming up. It, it wasn't just Ted Benna, um, but then all these um, other, you know, reputable mm-hmm. uh, institutions and uh, journals and, and papers were starting to come out with this news about the 401k. And um, so we felt like we would kind of pause, you know, where we were in our, uh, I guess, our our normal timeline of our podcast and just bring uh, this news to you and what we've been hearing, what we've been learning about, uh, because we thought it was important and timely to share that with you. Absolutely. And I just want to start with one, I think, at the top of the list, in my opinion, Uh, this would be Robert Merton, Nobel Prize winning economist, Okay. Uh, This is a guy who's uh, written for the Harvard Business Review, and he wrote a very extensive report in 2014. Uh, And so this guy is an MIT professor. He's a professor emeritus at Harvard University. So this guy is not just a stock jockey. You know, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to retirement planning. He won the Nobel Prize. Okay, that's pretty darn cool. Uh, And he says, not me, but he says that our system of retirement has switched from pensions to defined contribution plans. Those are what 401ks are. So we all might kind of recognize that pensions are going away. They're the going the way of the dodo. Uh, and those were kind of those permanent income generating machines that our parents and grandparents had when they worked you know, at the widget factory for 40 years and then they'd get a paycheck for life. Uh, 
And he says in his report that people should not be focused on rate of return. In fact, uh, the uh, Nobel Prize winning economist says that rate of return is irrelevant, his words. And instead of rate of return, we should be focused on income, going back to those days of the pensions, right? So income is what's there to pay the bills. Rate of return doesn't pay for anything. Uh, he says that you know real estate investors, of course, have already kind of figured out that cash flow is king. Income is what matters most. Majority of people aren't offered anything like a pension at their work these days. They they sign up, they they get handed a big book booklet or a binder, or these days an e-signature on a big HR packet, and buried in there is the 401k. Uh, and so you know we're we're looking at somebody who's really done a lot of research and. Uh, says that the 401k just won't work. And people aren't really thinking about that. When they sign up for their new job, they're just signing up for the 401k. Provisional income from your 401k can actually take money away from you. He talks about how when you actually are earning income in retirement from your 401k, it's actually penalizing you. Uh, When you take money out of your 401k, it's taxable. And any provisional income that you take from a taxable account like a 401k is going to essentially make your Social Security and Medicare taxable as well. So now we've got to overcome what the government has clawed back from us just to kind of keep up with even. Uh, So we're not just giving you one side here. We're giving you hopefully an unbiased, intelligent review of the, the recent news. In fact, Katrina, when you were doing some research on this, you just typed the words into Google, 401k news. And it was like all bad, basically, right? Say a bit more about what you found. Yeah, it's pretty striking how many articles come up that question the 401k, that talk about um, its demise. They say things like the monster 401k. Um, I mean, these words are just so inflammatory towards 401k. So we have to ask, what is going on? Um, But before we jump into that, I just want to zoom out and talk about Ted Binna and the history of the 401k. And from Ted Benna himself, if you go to his website, which is 401kbenna.com, um, you can also read about this or hear him speaking. Even now in 2017, uh, there's podcasts where he's interviewed in other places. Um, he is known as the father of the 401k, as a benefit consultant with the Johnson & Johnson Companies in suburban Philadelphia in 1980. He was among the first to recommend a savings plan that today enables many American workers to set aside a pre-tax portion of their paycheck, oftentimes with a matching from their employer in preparation for retirement. One of the things that Ted Benn talks about that I find so striking is that he says it was intended for a very different reason than what it's used for today. So even the father of the 401k is criticizing the current application of the vehicle. A little more history here, the first 401k savings plan was put into place for Ted Benna's company January 1st of 1981. So this was in response to the prevailing pension plans, and it was a creative solution for the Johnson & Johnson company that he was um, a consultant for, trying to come up with a new plan to work with the new um, environment that we had politically at that time. One of the most striking things, and I think you guys might find this intriguing, is he has some recommendations for us, Ted Benna does, financially. Are you ready? (laughs) After he's given us the 401k, go for it. He has some more financial recommendations. So this is his recommendation for 2017. He says, 
I recommend taking a lump sum for your pension and annuitizing it with an insurance company that has been around a couple of hundred years. These companies are backed by state insurance commissions and have actual assets. Wow. That is Ted Benna himself, word for word. Wow. Given, given that uh, he's gone through, you know, he's might be considered to have held a 401k longer than anybody else, you know, he's, he's now come to a conclusion that really we should be looking at putting our money in insurance products. Is that what I hear him saying? It's stunning. He's saying that's, wow. where, that's where you should place your uh, retirement fund as a lump sum. Well, it's, it's, he's saying that's where he trusts. Yeah. That's, you know, if that's where he would put his own money, that's the only sort of institution that he's looking at and seeing any level of financial security and safety um, for him to put his money in. And I guess making the recommendation for us to do so as well, because apparently insurance companies are the only ones that have figured out how to keep actual assets. Actual assets. <laughs> on their on their books that what can a concept. Yeah, that can actually, you know, facilitate that trust of, okay, here's my hard earned money. Here's my like whole retirement. Please take care of me. And Ted Benna in a, you know indirectly is saying that's the place that's going to take care of it. Mind, mind blowing. And Holly, you came across another article as well with the Wall Street Journal. Tell us a bit about what you found. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we, we mentioned in our last episode with Pamela and we just shared a little bit about the news of, of what the father of the 401k has come to say about it in recent, you know, more recent time. Um, but he's actually not the only one. He's not the only one of the kind of the original founders, let's call them, of the 401k that is now looking back on what they started and regretting it. Um, And so I was, I was reading a Wall Street Journal article um, and it came out in January of this year. So January, 2017, so pretty recent. um, And the tagline is what caught me. Um, And it said, the dominant vehicle for retirement savings has fallen short of its early backers' rosy expectations, Hmm. longer lifespans, high fees, and stock market declines. So um, what, did, what did we talk about in our first couple episodes yeah, on this podcast? Wall Street the, and retirement planning failed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. And we talked about longer lifespans and how people aren't accounting for that. Mm-hmm. We talked about the stock market declines and how people aren't getting what they actually think they are. And we'll also be unraveling high fees. We've mentioned them before, but we'll talk about that more in future episodes as well. Um, and so one one other individual that was kind of looking back, and I guess he was kind of the spotlight person for this article, it was um, Herbert Whitehouse. And so he was a um, he formerly was Johnson and Johnson's human resource executive hmm. back in uh, 1980s when the conversation about you know revolving around the 401k came about and so he was looking at now you know here today being interviewed for this and he's looking back on it and saying that he laments this revolution that they started with the 401k um it actually said that some of these founders have now admitted that they used forecasts that were too optimistic Hmm. to sell the plan in its early days. So what does that tell us? First of all, to sell it? They had to sell us on this plan? Like that sounds a little fishy in and of itself. But then now they're looking back on it and saying, oh, actually, we probably overestimated things a little bit. Um, Actually, I was reading in this article talking about how they were projecting 7% 
average returns in order for their kind of um, model to pl- pan out where oh, the 401k would provide enough retirement income. So they, everyone was going to need to receive at least an average 7% return. And so what did we talk about in our first episode? Yeah. People are actually getting a whole lot closer to three. Yeah. So therefore, we're falling short. Um, mm-hmm. And that's exactly what this article was describing. Um, Ted Benna does come up in this article as well um, as, again, another you know founder of the 401k and his comments on it. And this was actually separate from ones we'd read in the other articles. Um, but he one comment he made that stood out to me was, I helped open the door for Wall Street to make even more money than they were already making. That's one thing I do regret. And it's true, you know, when you when you think about transitioning from the pensions to the 401ks, I mean, what is that doing? These employers previously had these huge pension funds built up that had to be in, yes, some of it was invested in, some of it was with Wall Street, certainly, but they also had to have a lot of secure, safe assets on the books, too, in order to be able to uh, function with this, this pension fund and actually pay out the employees what the employees were expecting in their mm-hmm. retirement years. So, but So then when you shift all those assets away from the pension and put everyone into the 401k, that's a straight shift to 100% Wall Street. Whereas before it might've been, you know, a split. Let's call it 40-60, you know, the stock bond split (laughs) or something, you know, Mm -hmm. but now it's all 100% retirement is in Wall Street. The the risk is now on whose shoulders? You know, before it was the, with the pension, who who bore the risk, Holly? Uh, if, If you're an employer and you're offering a pension, to all your employees, who's taken the the brunt or the risk on uh, market losses and people living too long? Well, the employer, certainly. I mean, they're the ones that are, they're promising a certain income stream for the rest of their retired employee's life. Mm-hmm. And what so about- they're on the hook for that. And now we have this new thing called the 401k and isn't it new and bright and shiny and look at all the great returns you might be able to get. And aren't we gonna solve the world's problems with our 401k? Well, think just an extra minute there, uh, our listeners, and who's now holding the risk with uh, stock market volatility and living too long with the 401k? You are. Because <laughs> all, you know, all the employer has to do is just make their little contribution to your 401k and say, okay, I did my part. Now, it, now it's up to you. And, and what happens to you and what happens to the money after we give it to you is up to you to figure out. And then also just what I can't understand with this transition and who thought that this might be a good idea, but who's better equipped to be able to manage money at that level? Not us as individuals necessarily. I mean, we can't expect every, every American out there to become an investment specialist. Right. To, to be able to manage their own money and decide what they're going to put it into. I mean, who's better to be able to, you know, have these massive portfolios to keep track of? You know, an employer that can then hire a firm that can handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like we've taken all these different things and we've shifted them onto the wrong parties with the 401k. The risk should be with the employer. The investment skill and expertise would be with the employer, at least the employer's responsibility to 
employ someone to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, like an insurance company that's been around for 150 and years. And has yeah. actual assets. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Backed by actual money. What a concept. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so goodness. those were just, I mean, some of the, the amazing things are not amazing, but some of the eye-opening things I was reading in this article. Um, then there was another thing that kind of struck me towards the end. Um, and, I'll, and then we can move on to the next article because there's so many good ones and good information. Um, but it was, again, speaking back to Herbert Whitehouse. And um, it turns out that he actually had a 401k. So he was a proponent of it, and, and he actually um, you know, walked the talk. He was and, eating his own He cooking. was a co-author, really, in the earliest days because mm-hmm. Johnson & Johnson was the first company outside of Ted Benna's to take this on. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about someone who's putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah, he was. And let's see how that turned out for him. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but uh, in, in this article, um, it had mentioned that he, he had a 401k and his 401k took a huge hit in 2008, just like everyone else. So I guess, you know, maybe that's a little reassuring to know that it's, they haven't figured out a way to avoid the market losses themselves. But he took a hit. And so then even Herbert Whitehouse, who was saying the 401k is great, the 401k is going to help us retire. Um, his 401k took a hit, and then he's now come to the realization where he's actually going to have to keep working longer than he thought because of it. Wow. And here I see on, on his note here that it says he he said he would like to have, what's this here, Holly? An old-fashioned pension. <laughs> so even after it's all said and done, he helped create you know this 401k. He's looking back on it and saying, I really wish I just had one of those pensions <laughs> that, you know, everyone the, else was offering. The grandpa the had, right. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, actually, there was, a, there was another, one other um, individual that was mentioned in this um, article. It was um, Gerald Fasciani. And he was actually against the 401k. Um, and actually, he was part of trying to get rid of the 401k in uh, 1986 during the Reagan administration when they were doing the tax reform. At that time, he uh, was trying to take the 401k out of it because it had already been oh, wow. put into place hmm. at that time. And he was trying to get rid of it. Um, and he'd mentioned, this was his, his quote, um, the great lie is that the 401k was capable of replacing the old system of pensions. It was oversold. Hmm. And so, you know, he he's th- you know, he was saying that it's really this great lie that we were being told that the 401k could ever replace pensions, which, I mean, we also know that it was never fully people's intention for it to replace the pensions, just kind of what it grew to become. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was an, um, like a great article, just chock full of so much information. I can't even share all of it here, but we'll certainly leave the link to that in, your, uh, in our show notes for you guys to read on your own. Well, and Katrina, you brought up a quote from our dear friend Nelson Nash that I think just elucidates the whole thing. Yeah. And before I get into that quote, I think it's it's a good point to say the 401k is a plan that was designed by the government, right? I mean, obviously, Ted Benna came up with it, but he pulled it out of the code that was developed by the IRS. And this is a plan that's qualified through government design. So that's a really important fact that I don't know that everybody realizes that the 401k is a government vehicle. They just assume this is part of the package that you get with the three-ring binder when you show up for the first day of work. So let's zoom out a little bit and realize where this is coming from. Um, So when we zoom out, then we look at this quote from Nelson Nash. Um, Nelson Nash is this fantastic individual. I highly recommend you read his books. But here's his quote. He says, 
when government creates a problem, taxation, and then turns around and creates an exception to that problem they created, the qualified plans, aren't you just a little bit suspicious that you were being manipulated? Yeah, they're creating a problem and then they're telling you that they can solve your problem. And meanwhile, they're guaranteed cash flow from your quote unquote retirement savings. That's pretty dubious. Right. Well, and it, it does make sense because we were talking about this earlier. What, what, what were tax rates at the time? The, the time when this conversation was happening is just so relevant to look at. You can't ignore it. They didn't just say, oh, hey, I thought of this great idea that would always be beneficial. I, I just came up, you know, Ted Benna just came up with a great idea for what was relevant at that point. Um, because mm-hmm. tax rates, the highest marginal tax bracket was 70%. Whoa. So of course, yeah. Ted Ben is saying, "Hey, I'm I'm making enough money. I'm in that you know higher tax bracket. I don't want to be tank- paying seventy percent on that money that you know bumps me up there. So what can I possibly do to make sure I never hit that seventy percent? Oh well, you know, put it into an account that you can have be qualified. Make sure that, that money isn't counted as part of, part of your income for that particular year, and then wait till later." to actually pay the taxes on the money when, yes, chances are at that point in history, you would be in a lower tax bracket when you retired. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, for you to be up in the 70% probably wasn't realistic. And so the context is just so important. And so, yes, you know, at the time, the government had created a huge problem, you know, onerous taxes at, you know, 70% at the most. Um, but then they created a solution to it. But now the game's changed. The, the playing field has changed. We're not, we don't have 70% anymore. Um, you know, we're down in, in the 30% as far as the highest tax bracket. And so is it really as relevant as it once was? And the fact that it's, you know, become the main, the main vehicle that people are using right. um, just shows that we're not necessarily looking at the context. We're not looking at what's actually going to be valuable and important to us. We're just looking at what everyone else is doing or saying. Well, and with just a few minutes left, uh, I see that there was another Nobel Prize winning author, Richard Thaler, who just this year won the Nobel Prize for, again, economics. And he, he says he did it by studying the dumb stuff people do. That's his words, right? Uh, and he says he, he really gets into behavioral economics. I t- totally recommend you read his books. But one of the best things of the 401k, I think, has nothing to do with how it was structured, but how employers got people to participate. So you, you have to, these days, you're legally able to, as an employer, uh, force people to, it, to participate in a 401k. And we can get into re- reasons why that's a v- valuable thing for employers, but for our purposes on this episode, I just think it's the one the one gleaming light I can see at the end of the the tunnel that isn't an oncoming train with the 401k is that you know people have to opt out of saving, and I should say not saving but investing in their 401k because there's a difference between saving and investing. But one of the best things I do like about the 401k is that it sort of forces people to not spend it all today. They're putting something into a, now unfortunately it's being put into a taxable, volatile time bomb, uh, but at least it's putting something outside of my spendable income in the current year. And that's the cool thing about 401ks. Do you guys want to you know, chip in on uh, one or two redeeming facts ab- about the 401k? Anything else that you've found in your studies, either good or bad? 
Well, I mean, I think there's something to be said for the match. Um, now, obviously, that could be its own 20-minute conversation on a podcast as to uh, the merits of the match and things like that. But, I mean, it's something. It's certainly something to consider. You know, you put 3% in, your employer puts 3% in. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's extra money. You could call it 100% return right off the bat, um, doubling your money in that regard. So that's certainly something. The fact that, you know, the 401k has created this dynamic where the employer is also responsible for helping you retire. Right. But that could be in anything. I could match, you know, uh, my employer could match a savings account. You know, they don't have to put it into a 401k, but you're exactly right. That is one thing that I see a lot of people, at least they're getting a little bit from their employer. Well, and the employer smartly is taking it directly from the paycheck. So instead of paying the employee the money, they're putting it in a qualified plan. Please just put it in my paycheck, Mr. Right. Employer. Right. I will deal with it. Thank have, you very much. Is there anywhere <laughs> else in the in your life? Is there anywhere else in life where you just get free money except when you shake a vending machine? <laughs> Do you right? shake vending machines? Don't don't <laughs> don't go down that road. We can't go back from that road. <laughs> but uh, think about that. There's no such thing as free money. So a big study. That's um, true. Big study is that you can you can essentially see a dollar for dollar. Uh, pay raise when someone does not get a match, when a company isn't offering the match, you just get paid more at, at companies that don't offer matches. So mm-hmm. it's it's interesting that uh, people like to say that you get free money when, in fact, that's probably, uh, well, if you guys can tell us where you can find some free money, we will we will invite you over for dinner. Well, you, you were asking for rays of sunshine yes. in this dark and gloomy cloud. I was just trying to give you one little ray that's of great. sunshine. You guys just shot it down. Sorry, so. Sorry listeners. Well, I tried. Well, so the the point is, this is breaking news, but it's really not breaking news. I mean, this has been going on now for over 10 years. Uh, The articles that Katrina stumbled across went back a full decade or more. Pay attention to these articles, guys. Know what the market's doing. Know what your employer is doing with your money. This is your money here. If you'd like a second opinion on your 401k, give us a call. Uh, Go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. Click on request a meeting. We'd be very happy to review what you've got, see if it's in your best interest or if it's in the government's best interest. Uh, many many people, according to Ted Benna, are not going to be able to retire with their 401k. Now's the time to pay attention. Now's the time to take action before it's too late. Uh, so any, anything else anybody else would like to say before we wrap up? No, I would just end it with, you know, obviously might be a little overwhelming to hear all this all this bad news and uh, might be kind of difficult to hear these things as well. And you might be thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? And again, like Mark said, that's, you know, what we're here for. I'm happy to help you think through things, you know, at a, at a deeper level and, and on your own, you know, specific situation. Um, and so really what we want to do, because we don't want to just leave it at this, we don't want to just leave it with all this kind of heavy material. Um, so we're going to be spending the next two episodes, kind of diving deeper into the 401k. And what we're willing to do for you is start asking the difficult questions, asking the questions that people either uh, don't want to ask or don't want to know the answer to. Well, too bad, (laughs) because we're going to be asking those questions and getting those answers for you. Um, And so really, you know, what we want to be looking at is, is why is everyone doing the 401k? Why has it become what it's become? And ultimately, 
you know, who's benefiting from it? Because certainly if it's your retirement plan, it absolutely 100% should be you. And so uh, we'll be looking at whether that's actually the case in our next couple episodes. So please, you know, hop back on and join us for our next couple episodes. And just want to thank you all for being here today and joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.